Mark Zuckerberg told The New Yorker the news source he definitely follows is TechMeme. So listen to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast, the podcast anyone who's anyone in Silicon Valley listens to every day. In just 15 to 20 minutes, you get a rundown of what happened in the world of tech with all the headlines, context, commentaries, and tweets from all the biggest players. New episodes every day at 5 p.m. Eastern. Search your favorite podcast app for Ride Home and subscribe to the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast. Tired of spending hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Zenni offers thousands of affordable eyewear styles, starting at just $6.95. No ridiculous markups, no hassles, just quality, affordable eyewear delivered right to you. Visit Zenni today at zenni.com slash CNN. Good evening. Thanks for joining us. It's primary night. We're waiting for returns and elections happening in four states tonight, including that closely watched race in West Virginia. We're going to bring you results as they come in. But we begin with some breaking news, a dramatic development in the Mueller investigation and the investigation into Michael Cohen. CNN has learned that Mueller's investigators have questioned a Russian oligarch about hundreds of thousands of dollars in payments from his company's U.S. affiliate that were deposited into the account of Essential Consultants, LLC, the company set up by the president's attorney, Michael Cohen, that was used to pay off Stormy Daniels. Hundreds of thousands of dollars from this oligarch's U.S. affiliate were made after the election. Now, the purpose of those payments by the U.S. affiliate is unclear at this hour. CNN has reviewed documents that appear to show the payments, but CNN has not independently authenticated the documents. Their authenticity has already been bolstered, however, by a statement issued by another company tonight, AT&T, which is trying to acquire CNN and its parent company, Time Warner. The information that Michael Avenatti revealed earlier said that AT&T had paid several hundred thousands of dollars to Michael Cohen's Essential Consultants, LLC. AT&T released a statement confirming that, and we'll have more on that aspect in a few minutes. Another company, a pharmaceutical company called Novartis, just issued this statement saying any agreements with Essential Consultants were entered before its current CEO took office and have expired, but that also bolsters the validity of the documents that Michael Avenatti uh, produced earlier today. As for why uh, Essential Consultants received half a million dollars from a U.S. affiliate of a company owned by a Russian oligarch named Viktor Vexelberg, who is a uh, oligarch with ties to Vladimir Putin. CNN has reached out to Michael Cohen and his attorney. Neither has responded. But tonight, Michael Avenatti posted a summary of his findings, including these lines referring to the hush money payment to his client, Stormy Daniels, also known as Stephanie Clifford. And I quote, Within approximately 75 days of the payment to Ms. Clifford, Mr. Viktor Vexelberg, a Russian oligarch with close ties to Russian President Vladimir Putin, caused substantial funds to be deposited into the bank account from which Mr. Cohen made the payment. It appears that these funds may have replenished the account following the payment to Ms. Clifford. He went on to say, from October 2016 through January 2018, Mr. Cohen used his First Republic account to engage in suspicious financial transactions totaling $4,425,000 uh, well, excuse me, $4,425,000 uh, and some change. Chief among these suspicious financial transactions are approximately $500,000 in payments received by Mr. Victor Vexelberg, a Russian oligarch with an estimated net worth of nearly $13 billion. Mr. Vexelberg and his cousin, uh, Mr. Andrew Intrader, routed eight payments to Mr. Cohen through a company named Columbus Nova LLC, Columbus, beginning in January 2017 and continuing until at least August 2017. Michael Avenatti's report also refers to former RNC official Elliot Broidy. You may remember it came out just last month that Michael Cohen facilitated a $1.6 million payment to a former Playboy model who says Broidy got her pregnant. 
Here's what Mr. Avenatti revealed earlier about Broidy and Cohen. As detailed below, Mr. Cohen, through Essential and or Michael D. Cohen and Associates, received at least $187,500 from Mr. Elliot Broidy that originated from an account held in Mr. Broidy's name at Bank of America. The business purpose of these payments is unclear. Michael Avenatti joins us tonight. So, uh, obviously, a lot to go over. And as I said, we reviewed the documents uh, that appear to show the payments you revealed earlier today. We haven't independently verified them. Uh, but the fact that AT&T has now come out uh, saying that the documents, at least relating to AT&T, are, are correct, uh, obviously bolsters the, the authenticity of the documents. I, I know you're not going to say what your information is based on, but you are obviously very confident in the information that you released earlier. Uh, 100%, Anderson. 100% confident. We would not have released this if we were not 100% confident in the accuracy of the information. Um, I believe right before we went live, the New York Times uh, issued an article where they verify the accuracy of what we've released uh, based on their independent review of other documents. There's no question that this is accurate. Uh, it, it took a lot of work. We've been working on this for some time. Uh, we've been in this case for a number of months. Uh, we've been spending a lot of time on the case. Uh, we've got a whole team of individuals that are working on the case back in California, and we're highly confident in the information we released. Let's begin with the $500,000 paid to Michael Cohen's LLC from uh, this company, Columbus Nova, which is this U.S. company that's affiliated with a Russian company owned by this oligarch with ties to Putin. Is it clear to you why... This company would have paid Michael Cohen after the election payments up to five hundred thousand it, dollars. It's not clear to us yet, but what we do know is is that there was about a half a million dollars worth of payments that took place between January of two thousand seventeen. So this is after the election that occurred in November two thousand sixteen, and then up through approximately August of two thousand seventeen. So about an eight month. Uh, time period of payments totaling approximately half a million dollars. We have yet to hear an explanation from Michael Cohen as to why the personal attorney to the president of the United States, who at the time, at least for a portion of that time, was employed by the Trump organization, would be accepting payments uh, from a Russian oligarch to the tune of a half a million dollars. Now, we should point out that the attorney for uh, the American company, Columbus Nova, which is uh, an affiliate of this Russian company, they say that the company made the payment, that this Russian oligarch, uh, Vexelberg, had, uh, did not have any involvement with the transaction or any involvement with the decision to hire Michael Cohen. Do you have evidence to the contrary? Uh, we do have evidence to the contrary, and also you have the CEO, uh, Mr. Uh, Intratar, who's the cousin of the Russian oligarch, right. who is also Russian, uh, obviously, Mr. Intratar is. And look, what's the explanation for the half a million dollars worth of payments? I mean, Michael Cohen should not have been accepting money, especially under the circumstances at this time, from uh, anyone with Russian ties, quite frankly. This American company, uh, they gave money for the uh, for the inauguration funds. They also gave money, I believe, for uh, uh, to to the RNC uh, and to to, uh, to for some campaign stuff. All of which is is legal. At the very least, it, there may be no nefarious reason here at all that this company would have given half a million dollars to Michael Cohen. They could have been hiring him for. Any number of consulting for, work. For what? For his legal skill and acumen? I doubt that. But Well, I mean, you know, he, he does have the ear of the president, so a company might want. But at the very least, it is moronic for Michael Cohen, who is representing the president of the United States, to be publicly seen as accepting money 
from a company which has such deep ties to a Russian company with ties to Vladimir Putin. Anderson, there's no question about that. But let's back up a minute. You said um, he may have the ear of the president. Michael Cohen should not be selling access to the president of the United States. I mean, this is a big deal. Do you believe that that is is what may have happened here? Well, from from the series of payments, and of course, there's a lot of talk about the the revelation in our report about the payments uh, made by the oligarch or through the U.S. entity of the oligarch, but there's also other payments that have been disclosed. You referenced a couple of them, AT&T, Novartis. Uh, There's others disclosed within the report. And it appears that this may be your typical pay-to-play type scenario, where you have someone um, close to a, a politician, in this case, close to the president of United States, which is highly unusual, selling access, potential access, to the president of the United States. I don't believe that Michael Cohen is registered as a lobbyist. I don't believe that he's registered as he should be in order to represent any foreign agents or foreign interests. I mean, this this is a big deal. I mean, he had to have been receiving this money for something, and it's unclear as to what the excuse is as to why he was, he was receiving this money. And let us remember this. Up until at least April of this year, Michael Cohen continued to serve as the personal attorney to the president of the United States. We saw the president the first week of April on Air Force One refer to Michael Cohen as his attorney in the present sense. You have to speak to Michael. He is my attorney, something along those lines. You've also said now that the uh, this $500,000 paid uh, from this uh, U.S. affiliate of a Russian company, uh, which you believe ultimately was uh, sent over by this Russian oligarch or or ordered by Vexelberg. Uh, it was received, I believe, some 75 days after the payment was made to your client, Stormy Daniels. Um, you said you haven't said that this was repaying Michael Cohen for that payment, but you said that this did essentially replenish the essential consultant's account. D- are you making a connection between this payment and the payment made to Stormy Daniels? Do you believe that this was some sort of repayment of Michael to Michael Cohen? Or is this just... It was 75 days after. It's the first money that came in, and it replenished the coffers. Well, here's what, and this is what I said in the tweet. I think I was very clear that it may, in fact, constitute the repayment of the $130,000. We don't know yet, but what we do know is is that the payment to my client was paid on October 27th, uh, 2016, and the first payment from uh, the Russian oligarch through the U.S. entity occurred in January of 2017. We're not aware of any other deposits that came in during that interim time period. Now, there may have been other deposits, but we're not aware of any, but- and, it, and it appears... From what Rudy Giuliani has said most recently, although that is a a, uh, a never-ending uh, circle as it relates to what Mr. Giuliani may or may not say on any given day about this, because we, no one can really figure out the truth, at least at the White House, relating to what happened. Um, according to Mr. Giuliani, the president's reimbursement scheme of this $130,000, the reimbursement scheme relating to the retainer invoices, uh, the law firm retainer invoices, didn't start until much after this. Do you have any evidence that any of these companies that were giving money into this account were aware that this was the same account used to pay off Stormy Daniels? Because I I would imagine any legitimate company or corporation would be very concerned that the money they are paying to this man, Michael Cohen, for whatever services he is allegedly rendering um, or offering, that it's going to the same account that's being used to do hush agreements. We don't, we don't know if they knew or they, or they did not know, but here's what we do know for certain. Essential Consultants was formed approximately two weeks before the payment 
to my client of $130,000, okay? There's no question in my view that the purpose of the formation of that entity was to further shield that payment from scrutiny by not having Michael Cohen's name directly on it or Donald Trump. There's no question about that in my view. Secondly, the bank account that was set up for the, for the routing of this money, this $130,000, was set up in the name of Essential Consultants, LLC. And in connection with that, and I think that I raised this some time ago on your show, we talked about potential charges that could be brought against Michael Cohen depending on his financial activity or the activity that occurred at the bank. And I think that I referenced on your show the KYC process, which is know your client. And I think I referenced the fact that when they went to establish this account for the LLC, the bank would have asked Michael Cohen questions about what its purpose was, what the expected transaction uh, flow was, uh, etc. And we detail in the report now specific information that Michael Cohen gave to the bank when this account was opened, which has proven to be absolutely false. But a person can change the nature of their business, can't they not? I mean, they, they can change the nature of their business, but the nature of this business was never, um, from all indications, real estate consulting or anything else that Michael Cohen told the bank. The, uh, as we said, there are other companies uh, that gave money. We talked about AT&T. Uh, the, uh, this company, uh, according to your report, the pharmaceutical company Novartis paid Michael Cohen $399,920 in four separate payments in late 2017 into 2018. Do you know why these payments were made? No, although what we do know is, is that the dinner, that, that the president took a dinner with the CEO of Novartis shortly after these payments. I think and it was at Davos or before his speech at Davos. I, I believe that's correct. I believe that's what the report states. And what's interesting about those payments, uh, frankly, is the amount of those payments. Uh, they, they appear to be made in sums that are, that are meant to avoid detection of so some sort. $99,000 payments below the $100,000 mark. Right. Each of the payments are within a very small amount of being a round number. So it looks like they were purposely structured in that way to avoid detection or for some reporting, to avoid some reporting requirement. I, I want to read the statement from uh, the Columbus Nova has put out, which is the American arm of this, uh, the affiliate of a Russian company. They say, after the inauguration, the firm hired Michael Cohen as a business consultant regarding potential sources of capital and potential investments in real estate and other ventures. Reports today that Victor Vexelberg used Columbus Nova as a conduit for payments to Michael Cohen are false. Neither Victor Vexelberg nor anyone else other than Columbus's, uh, Columbus Nova's owners were involved in the decision to hire Cohen or provided funding for his uh, engagement. And that's from Richard Owens, the attorney uh, for Columbus Nova. Well, Columbus Nova is owned by 100%, to the best of my knowledge, is owned by this, this Russian national firm, uh, number one. Number they say it's a purely American company, it's an American CEO, American board. Well, look, um, Mr. Uh, Intratar, the CEO, was the cousin of the Russian oligarch, okay? That's A. B, my understanding is it's a 100% owned subsidiary of the Russian entity. Um, C, of all the people that could be hired for consulting advice in, on real estate and the like um, here in New York or elsewhere, and there's a lot of real estate here in New York, there's a lot of real estate consultants. They just happen to hire the personal attorney to the president of the United States who takes a half a million dollars during this time period, at the same time period where the president uh, is under intense scrutiny relating to his ties to Russia. That's this what makes I don't no, understand. No, it just makes it, well, you don't understand it, I don't understand it, and anybody with any common sense in America shouldn't understand it. And, and look... There's a very easy solution to all of this, all right? And I'm going to call for it tonight. Michael Cohen should turn over all of his bank records from this account for essential consultants from its inception and through, through today. Just release them. 
If there's nothing to hide, he should release the bank records, and I'm sure that it will all be sorted out, and everyone will come to the conclusion that there's nothing untoward or improper here. I guarantee you that is not what would happen if these bank records were released. Additional questions would result because this doesn't pass the smell test. The government would also have information on this that if they wanted to make public, they could make public, wouldn't they? You're absolutely right, and we have called for the release of the suspicious activity report or reports relating to this account. We wrote a letter to the Treasury Secretary. We demanded their release uh, or its release. Uh, He did not respond. We have tried to make this a front and center uh, issue uh, without great success. And hopefully at this point, now with the release of this information, there will be a call for the release of this information, the suspicious activity report or reports relating to this account, so the American people can see exactly what happened here and whether additional Russian money was taken and, in addition, where the money went. Did all the money go to Michael Cohen? Did some of it go to the Trump organization? Did some of it go to the president? Because if additional monies were received in a pay-to-play type scheme, and if those monies made their way either directly or indirectly to the president, well, then we've got a whole different ball. Wait a minute. You're you're raising the, the, the specter that Michael Cohen is receiving money to get access to the president of the United States and that the president might be receiving some of that money? I mean, that I, seems... I, I'm, I'm stating that that is certainly a possibility because we don't know where all of this money went. And uh, we need to get to the bottom of it. The American people deserve to know where this money went. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to have uh, more with Michael uh, after this break. We'll also get the latest in the breaking news tonight that the Mueller team has questioned a Russian oligarch about hundreds of thousands of dollars in payments to Michael Cohen, which we've been talking about. And the latest in the primary races tonight in four states, including the West Virginia race, where a candidate has used racial slurs in his own campaign ads. A candidate who served time in prison has described himself as Trumpier than Trump. Tired of spending hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Our friends at Zenni Optical offer a huge variety of high-quality, stylish frames and state-of-the-art optics starting at just $6.95. You can get multiple frames with this great pricing for less than one pair elsewhere. Start building your eyewear wardrobe from the comfort of your own home at Zenni.com. With the latest trends in eyewear, available in hundreds of frame styles and materials, there isn't a better way to change it up for every season. Plus, Zenni offers prescription sunglasses at incredible prices. Visit Zenny today at zenny.com slash CNN. That's Z-E-N-N-I dot com slash CNN. Well, the breaking news, CNN has learned that Robert Mueller's investigators have questioned a Russian oligarch about hundreds of thousands of dollars in payments to Michael Cohen that were made after the election. I want to get more now details on that from CNN, Shimon Procupes and Kara Scannell. So, Shimon, what have you, uh, what can you tell us? What have you learned? Yeah, that's right, uh, Anderson. So investigators have questioned uh, this Russian man. Uh, he's an oligarch. His name is Victor Vexelberg. And a lot, you know, you and Michael there talked a lot about this. Uh, they questioned him about hundreds of thousands of dollars in payments uh, that were made to President Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen, uh, in 2017. But there were also questions uh, about other money that perhaps went uh, into uh, people affiliated with the Trump campaign and the inauguration. Those questions were also asked uh, of of Victor Vexelberg when he was stopped by uh, FBI agents. Uh, We're told, Anderson, that Vexelberg has not been cooperative with authorities. Uh, He didn't answer many of their questions, but certainly all of these issues that you have been discussing, uh, at least in part, uh, with uh, Michael Avenatti have come up uh, as concerns for investigators. Kara, let's talk about Vexelberg, what the FBI wanted uh, to, to know from him. 
Well, Anderson, Victor Vexelberg is one of the most prominent wealthy businessmen in Russia. He, at one point in 2004, spent $100 million to buy Fabergé eggs to bring them home. Uh, so we, what we know is that he was one of the two oligarchs that we previously reported was stopped when their private planes landed in the U.S. And at that time, he was asked, in addition to the to the questions that Shimon just outlined, but he was also asked about questions. He was also asked questions about payments from his cousin, Andrew Intrader, who's the head of Columbus Nova. Now, his cousin had donated to the Trump inauguration fund, the Trump victory fund and the RNC, totaling over $300,000. So that's an issue and a question that um, that authorities had asked Vexelberg, as well as in trader sources tell CNN. Now, Columbus Nova, the company, has since given us a statement. We reached out to them for comment before our story, but they have now um, given us a statement uh, in which I'll read part of it to you. It says, after the inauguration, the firm hired Michael Cohen as a business consultant regarding potential sources of capital and potential investments in real estate and other ventures. Reports today that Victor Vexelberg used Columbus Nova as a conduit for payments to Michael Cohen are false. Neither Victor Vexelberg nor anyone else other than Columbus Nova's owners were involved in the decision to hire Cohen or provided funding for his engagement. So we have a confirmation now from Columbus Nova that they were one of Michael Cohen's business clients. They're drawing a distinction, saying that this decision was made irrespective of Victor Vexelberg. Uh, we do know, however, that Mueller's investigators did question Vexelberg about this, as well as Mr. Intrader, according to our sources, Anderson. Shimon, it is a little hard to believe that they just happened to pick, I mean, this is the point that, uh, Mr. Avenatti made earlier that they just happened to pick Michael Cohen for real estate advice, had nothing to do with his relationship with the president of the United States. But we don't I mean, there was there was to our knowledge. I mean, it's not known that there was anything illegal about any of these payments. No. And that's exactly right, Anderson. There isn't. Uh, and we should be clear about that. There's nothing, uh, at least from what we've been told uh, by our sources, uh, specifically by one source who has some knowledge of this investigation. Uh, though there are suspicions, as you raised, there are concerns, given that this uh, Victor Vexel- Vexelberg was sanctioned uh, by the United States for interfering in the U.S. election. He is now linked to this company in New York uh, that was paying Michael Cohen money. So certainly those are questions that investigators are going to have. I mean, that, that is why they stopped Vixel, Victor Vexelberg on a plane when he came uh, to the New York area. It's also why they've questioned Andrew and Trader, uh, the man behind Columbus Nova. These are questions that the FBI uh, has all along been trying to investigate, trying to look out to see if there was any way uh, there was any kind of financial influence uh, into the president's circle. So certainly these questions, these coincidences here, would be something investigators would want to look at. And just to be clear, Sharon, it's his relative who's running this American arm of the company, right? That's correct. Okay. And we've confirmed that uh, with, you know, at least three sources, actually, Anderson, that there was this business relationship, that this was uh, a cousin. Of course, some folks have said to us, oh, well, he didn't know. Uh, but there is lots of different takes on this. But nonetheless, I think, as we've said, uh, there was concern here from U.S. investigators. Kara, where do things stand with the criminal investigation involving Cohen in the Southern District in New York? Do we know? Uh, well, so um, the judge, of course, appointed a special master to weed through this, um, you know, difficult issue of what should be covered by attorney-client privilege and what documents the prosecutors can have access to as they continue in their criminal investigation of Cohen's personal financial dealings. Now, the special master has said that uh, she's going to set a timeline. Um, there's an expectation that the government will have provided all of the documents to Cohen's team as well as the special master for this review by the end of the week. Um, the government has handed over 
over already eight boxes of digitized documents, as well as over the contents of over a dozen electronic devices. So, Anderson, we're expecting a hearing in this case in about two weeks. And I think at that point, we'll have greater clarity of how big an argument this is going to be, how many of how much of the documents that have been seized are actually going to be subject to attorney client privilege. Of course, remember, Cohen's attorney had said in court that Cohen only had three clients during the past year. Right. I mean, to say you only had three clients now, uh, I mean, there's all these other companies at one, uh, you know, again, that raises questions. Uh, Kara, appreciate it. Shimon as well. We're going to have more now uh, from CNN national politics reporter MJ Lee. Uh, So MJ, Michael Avenatti, obviously, uh, I mean, you know, he's talking about these number of other payments into this account held by Cohen. Uh, as well. What are you learning about those by some of these corporations? That's right, Anderson. Uh, According to Avenatti, Cohen received significant sums of money from a number of other entities after the 2016 election, payments that he says calls into question Cohen's business practices. Let's just take a look at this uh, one more time. In addition to the $500,000 from Columbus Nova, we also have $400,000 from Novartis, which is the pharmaceutical company, and we also have $200,000 from AT&T. We have $150,000 from Korea Aerospace Industries. So that is a significant inflow of money into the account of Trump's personal lawyer that we are learning about for the first time tonight. And and what about the response from the companies? So we just received the statement from AT&T. Here it is. Uh, Essential Consulting was one of several firms we engaged in early 2017 to provide insights into understanding the new administration. They did no legal or lobbying work for us, and the contract ended in December 2017. So AT&T... here is confirming that they did pay Cohen for his services and that what they wanted from him was insights into President Trump. And of course, as you know, Anderson, AT&T is trying to acquire CNN's parent company, Time Warner, and the Justice Department sued uh, to prevent that merger from happening in November of last year. And according to Avenatti, uh, two of the payments from AT&T to Cohen were made before the Justice Department sued to block the merger. Uh, I should also note that Novartis, uh, the pharmaceutical company, also sent us this statement. Any agreements with essential consultants were entered before our current CEO taking office in February of this year and have expired. And just to be clear, this is the same account uh, that was used to pay off Stormy Daniels. Yeah, that's right. You know, this is kind of the fascinating twist to all of this, uh, that all of the money that we have just been talking about was paid to a bank account that Cohen created in 2016 to pay off Stormy Daniels. Now, this is that hush payment of $130,000 that Cohen uh, made to Stormy Daniels to keep her quiet about her alleged affair with Donald Trump. So it is certainly intriguing that, according to Avenatti, that bank account was also used to receive significant sums of money after the election. And I think that we uh, shouldn't lose sight of the big picture, Anderson, And that is that Michael Cohen is Donald Trump's fixer. He was for years the president's right-hand man. He constantly spoke to the president. So any payment from any company to Cohen is potentially important. Uh, And speaking of, I should also note that Cohen and his attorney have not responded to our our request for comment tonight. All right, MJ, thanks very much. Michael Avenatti is with us again. I should point out, I seem to recall when, when early on when you first came on, the very fact that it was so easy to trace essential consultants to Michael Cohen is because Michael Cohen did not good, do a good job of covering his tracks when he set this company up. Right. He signed as the incorporator right, on, which on you, the papers, you, which is absurd if you're trying to actually shield uh, your involvement with a particular entity. But, I, you know, I want to touch on some of the reporting we just heard about. Anderson, first of all, AT&T states that they paid $200,000 to better understand the administration. To get insights. To get, to get insights. I, I mean, I guess that's why... 
the vast majority of American people can't get honesty and insights because they don't have $200,000 to pay Michael Cohen to get those insights. You shouldn't have to pay $200,000 to get insights into the administration. I mean, we all know what that really means. So that's first of all. Second of all, it's interesting that AT&T comes out and they issue their statement that they pay $200,000 for insights into the administration. At the same time, you have the, the entity tied to the oligarch stating that they weren't purchasing access or insights into the administration. They were purchasing real estate um, consulting services. Um, you know, it's, it's very odd to me. And business, business opportunities, I think they said. And, 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 real and capital estate. opportunities or right. business opportunities. Okay, those, those are very different things. That, so I doubt that Michael Cohen is a one-stop shop for all of these services. I it mean, imagine this guy. This guy's like a renaissance man. He's, he's a lawyer. He's a business consultant. He's a real estate consultant. He's an administration insight consultant. I mean, what, is there anything this man can't do? I mean, if, if you are looking for some form of expertise from Michael Cohen... Uh, understanding of, of President Trump, access to President Trump, that would seem to be his biggest calling card of the last several years. Well, that actually would seem to be his only calling card, legitimate calling card of the last several years. But look, he shouldn't be selling access to the president of the United States, to the people's president. I mean, that's Michael Cohen should not be selling that access. And again, if he's selling that access, it begs the question as to where this money went once it made its way into the account. There was this also this payment, $187,500 from uh, Elliot Broidy, and Cohen had said he was involved in a hush agreement for an alleged affair that Broidy allegedly had that involved a pregnancy as well. But it's interesting that he's paying Cohen. I don't know if that's for services rendered. And also these transactions from others, it basically, I mean, it's, it's not... Some of them for one account to another, but there, there, some of these seem to go back and forth and kind of curve around themselves. This $187,500 to Michael Cohen, in my view, is very suspicious. As someone that has represented parties on both sides of settlement agreements, both uh, sometimes I represent plaintiffs and sometimes I represent defendants. I've got a lot of experience in this, okay? Normally, when you represent a defendant or a potential defendant, which is what Michael Cohen has claimed happened as it relates to this Broidy-type settlement... You would be paid on an hourly basis. So however much time you would spend negotiating that deal, you would be paid whatever your hourly rate is times however many hours it is. In, in this case, you would not expect Michael Cohen to have spent a considerable amount of time negotiating that deal if it, in fact, happened, as everyone says. You would expect Michael Cohen to potentially bill ten or 20 or maybe $25,000 for his work on behalf of Mr. Broidy. Certainly not 187500 which is a round number. And it's inexplicable to me as to why Mr. Brody, over a period of a number of months, would be making regular uh, level payments to Michael Cohen in connection with that. It doesn't make any sense. Um, the, what, I mean, what is next for you in all this? I mean, do you have a, a clear next step? What, I mean, you, you put this stuff out here. I guess the ripple effects, you don't know where it ends up. Correct. We don't know what the ripple effects are, but we've shown a lot of flexibility and we've been malleable as it relates to reacting to things in the case. We're going to continue to do that. Uh, we certainly have next steps planned out. The timing of those, it's a very fluid situation, as you might imagine. We're going to see what the reaction is from the other side. I mean, I hope that I hope the president goes on Fox and Friends tomorrow, and then I hope that Rudy Giuliani makes the rounds on Fox as well. And, and you know, that'll, that'll, I'm sure, provide a lot of fodder for us in the coming week. I assume... Um or is it fair to assume, given our reporting that uh, Special Counsel Mueller talked uh, to uh, to the Russian oligarch uh, about 
hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, in payments to Michael Cohn, that Mr. Mueller has all this information or close to this information that you released earlier? We, we don't know what Mr. Mueller has or what he does not have. I know that his competence level is uh, extremely high. He's, a, he's an expert prosecutor. He's an exceptional attorney. I mean, this is no Rudy Giuliani that we're dealing with here. So we have a lot of confidence in his ability and the ability of his team, as well as the team that's been assembled from the Southern District of New York, which are some of the finest prosecutors in the United States. Do you expect Michael Cohen to come forward and say anything about this? I mean, he's under criminal investigation. It's highly unlikely that he would make some sort of a comment. Well, I think he made a comment either yesterday or the day before by way of Twitter. He took exception to, I think, the New York Times article, which I was amazed at. I actually read, I had to read it three or four times to make sure it was actually him that had posted this because I thought it was so stupid. But, uh, you know, who knows with this guy? I mean, who knows with him? Rudy Giuliani, we could see any number of things. But look, they should just release the bank records. They should release the bank records and the American people should demand the release of these suspicious activity reports that are held by the Treasury Department. So the American people can get all the information. The Treasury Department has them. They could do that. They could, they could absolutely. They could do it tonight. There's no issue. They could publish the SARS. There's no reason why they shouldn't publish the SARS. They should publish them for the American people and let the American people look at the facts and the evidence. And look, Anderson, if there's, if there's nothing nefarious here, and if it was all above board and it was all legit, and I don't believe it was for, for a moment, I, I don't think that's true, but let's assume that it is, then they should want to release this information. Rudy Giuliani should actually tell the president, release the information so that we can be over with this thing. Why would um, Michael Cohen create this entity, Essential Consultants, uh, seemingly with the purpose immediately of at least the first thing it seemed to have done was pay off Stormy Daniels uh, 11 days before the election. But then why would he use that same entity to collect other monies from, you know, legitimate companies in in many cases? I, I have no idea. I mean, but but just from a business standpoint, you could easily have. I mean, there's other LLCs you could have. You could have if you're doing legitimate work. You could, you set up a, sing, a shingle, and you want people to know that that you're working for AT and T or or for some of these other companies. Yeah, I don't know of any. I don't know of any uh, uh, publicity that he attempted to generate, or uh, you know, it looks like it appears as if he didn't really want this. Known, But again, I don't understand. In, in November, December of 2016, Michael Cohen does not appear to have had any of these clients like Novartis or AT&T or the, the Russian oligarch uh, run entity. The, these appear not to have been his clients in 2016. It was only after the president, Donald Trump, was elected president in late 2016 that all of a sudden Michael Cohen, I guess on election night, Michael Cohen became an expert in business consulting, real estate consulting, capital investment, and insights into the administration. And all of a sudden the guy's paid millions of dollars. I mean, it is the kind of thing that lobbyists are, are paid a lot of money for. They're, they're paid for, for access. And that's, I mean, Michael right, Cohen they, is, is not a, they're, they're registered. No, they register and they have to disclose things and there's rules and regulations. And look, let us not forget that Mr. Trump, when he ran for president, he said he was going to drain the swamp, wasn't going to take any money, there wasn't going to be any of these high-powered lobbyists. I mean, everyone remembers the rhetoric and what they were said. Meanwhile, the guy's right-hand attorney, who had an office next to his office in Trump Tower, meanwhile, we find out that immediately after the election, he's got his hand out and he's accepting all of this money. 
just finally, you tweeted that you're just getting started. Uh, is that hyperbole? Do you have more information? And if so, why not just release it now? Well, I, look, if anybody's been paying attention for the last eight, nine weeks, they know that, that um, there's not a lot of hyperbole. Um, we make a lot of statements, but we back them up and then, and then some. We do not overpromise and underdeliver. We underpromise and overdeliver. And that's exactly what we're going to continue to do. There are more bombshells coming. There's more evidence. There's more information. And I have to tell you this. I'm going to touch on this, okay? There's been a lot of criticism lately about, not a lot, there's been some criticism about how our media strategy and how often I'm on CNN and how often I've been on your show and other networks, uh, et cetera, okay? It's all a bunch of nonsense because here's the bottom line, Anderson. It's working, okay? It's working in spades. And one of the reasons and one of the ways that it's working is because we're so out front on this, people send us information. People want to help our cause. People contact us with information. When you talk about your cause, what is your cause? What is the, what's the end our, goal? Our cause right now is having the NDA invalidated for Stormy, holding, Daniels. For Stormy Daniels, holding Michael Cohen responsible for his defamatory statements, holding Mr. Trump responsible for his defamatory statements, and ultimately having all the information relating to this account, the LLC, and the payment to my client laid out for the American people so they can decide what to do. Michael Avenatti, thanks very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Just had more reaction on that payment to uh, Michael Cohen, this time from former U.S. Attorney Preet Bharara. Also tonight, we're keeping a close eye on that Republican Senate primary in West Virginia. The polls are closed now. We'll have the very latest ahead. Remember, to create an ad like this one, visit purewinning.com slash CNN. More in our breaking news tonight, we heard from Michael Avenatti about the $500,000 payment from a company linked to a Russian oligarch to President Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen. Joining me now for all his take on all this is CNN senior legal analyst Preet Bharara, the former U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York. Preet, I want to ask you about this information that Michael Avenatti released today. Yeah. We've, uh, I should say, we've reviewed the, the documents that, that appear to show these payments. We haven't been able to ind- independently uh, verify or authenticate the, the documents, but we, we have viewed them, and it does appear to, to show these payments. Does it make sense to you that a Russian oligarch um, would be depositing some $500,000 to Michael Cohen? No, <laughs> it makes no sense at all. You know, if you look at the timing of the allegations about collusion, which is the thing the president likes to say there's no evidence of, and it's not you know, specifically by that word, a crime, conspiracy is, collusion is not, that's all happening in 2016. Then there's an election. And in 2017, these payments that you folks have looked at, and I haven't looked at the documents independently, look like payments are being made from a Russian oligarch with close ties to Putin, going into the account for the person who puts himself out very proudly as the personal lawyer of the president. And then in 2018... Being made, by, I should point out, through a U.S. subsidiary of uh, his company. Yes, but of the oligarch's company. Right. And then in 2018, that same oligarch is put on the sanctions list. So... You know, the, the turn of events from 16, 17, and 18, given the swirl of all this information, is odd. You know, at a minimum, it, it's, it's, it's a very strange look for the president's personal lawyer, knowing all these allegations, knowing that any connection, uh, certainly between folks who have ties to Putin and, you know, it, deposits of large amounts of money would look suspicious. And maybe, maybe there's no crime, and maybe there was nothing necessarily untoward about it. But but it sure looks mighty fishy, and you, you shouldn't be surprised that there may be two different offices looking at this. It's, I mean, just from uh, an outsider looking in, and again, maybe there's nothing untoward about it, but it does seem moronic for the president's <laughs> personal attorney to be accepting half a million dollars yeah. from this Russian oligarch. 
I mean, it just, yes. uh, it just moronic is <laughs> yeah, the only I word mean, that comes to mind, or nefarious. Yeah, I mean, they're not mutually exclusive. There are nefarious morons as well. Um, it, it just is, I think that people are going to want to ask and, and understand what the reason for the payments was. And so if Michael Cohen gets charged, or if he's not cooperating already, maybe he will cooperate in the future, this may be the thing that everybody has been talking about. You know, what, what information will he have that's of use to either the Southern District and their investigation of Michael Cohen or the special counsel's office in, in connection with their investigation of collusion? Maybe, maybe Michael, and this is all speculation, we should say, right? Maybe Michael Cohen will give the true reason, and maybe it's a nefarious reason. Maybe he'll lie about what the reasoning was for these payments. And, uh, you know, we, we found that people in the president's circle are not above either one of those things. According to uh, the, the documents which uh, Michael Avenatti is referencing, documents that, w- that we've seen but haven't been able to independently uh, uh, authenticate, um, there were some four-plus million dollars, four-point-four-something million dollars uh, put into, in, into this account over, over time. That money basically, uh, as far as we know, uh, AT&T put in some $200,000 from October 2017 to January of uh, 2018. And we should say AT&T is, is currently trying to acquire Time Warner, seen as parent company. Uh, there's a uh, South Korean aerospace company. Um, there's a, uh, a pharmaceutical company, uh, Novartis, as well, um, as well as some, some other smaller uh, amounts of money. But if, if this is, why, why would a Russian oligarch and a, a South Korean aerospace company be putting money into, a, into an LLC that Michael Cohen set up in Delaware um, that was used to pay, pay off Stormy Daniels? Why not have it be a public... Yeah company? I don't, I don't know. These are the questions that I assume prosecutors are asking. Look, it also could be true that there are innocent explanations and maybe it was poor judgment to be engaged in a business transaction with someone like this oligarch you know, who's connected to Vladimir Putin. Or it could be that those transactions were nefarious and there's something unlawful about them, not just unseemly. There are people who are unable to get confirmed to positions in the government because they had some contractual relationship with or, or represented at some point some Russian company because there's so much concern about this. And this dates back to the campaign. It's the thing that makes the president very upset. It's the thing that caused uh, you know, the, the Mueller investigation to begin in the first place. And in the face of all of that, of all of the accusations, whether you think they're nonsense or not, to be taking money from a person like this, if this is all true and pans out, is pretty extraordinary. Free Brewer, thanks very much. Thank Appreciate you. It. Thanks. Extraordinary indeed. Up next, I'll talk with CNN political analyst and New York Times White House correspondent Maggie Haberman about the latest currents swirling around the White House. I'm Andy Katz from March Madness 365, and on this edition of our show, I'll be joined by Syracuse's Tyus Battle. I've been just trying to improve all facets of my game, just being able to be more offensive, throwing the ball different ways, shooting the ball, I think that's improved. And uh, just my playmaking ability as well. Subscribe to March Madness 365 now at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. We're dealing with a lot of breaking news tonight. Reports of those cash payments to President Trump's personal attorney, Michael Cohen, from a company linked to a Russian oligarch. We're also keeping an eye on that West Virginia Senate primary tonight. But it's been a while since we've heard from New York Times White House correspondent Maggie Haberman, who has been keeping close track of President Trump's often chaotic White House, from his preferences in that Senate race to his new personal attorney, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, First of all, let me just ask you about these the story today about the payments, does it, I mean, just in terms of the optics, if nothing else, for Michael Cohen right. to be in business with, even if it's an American affiliate, mm-hmm. of a 
you know, run by a guy who's the cousin or relative of a Russian oligarch whose company is the parent company of this affiliate with close ties to Putin. Yeah, I think that I think the argument that Cohen and his folks would make is that this was all legal. Um, there was no reason not to uh, make it. There was nothing prohibiting it. And that may be true. Um, but the optics are not good at a moment when it was already clear that there were investigations. But this into, was after the election. Correct. I mean. It was after the election. It was clear that there were already investigations going on into uh, Russian influence on the 2016 election. At minimum, you would, as the president's personal attorney, um, you could predict this was going to become a headache down the road. Rudy Giuliani is pushing back on this idea that the pre- that President Trump is unhappy with his performance. What what, what are you hearing from people? Um, what I'm hearing is that the president is doing what the president often does because he does not really like uh, interpersonal conflict. He is uh, basically okay with Giuliani, a little a little teasing about certain aspects of his performance, but hardly the stern voice that we have heard that uh, he has uh, had with other people talking about Rudy Giuliani. So he's fine to Giuliani's face, more or less, and mm-hmm. then he's less fine after the fact, look, Rudy Giuliani has become essentially another staffer to Donald Trump, and mm-hmm. Donald Trump is famously up and down on his staff. I don't think that Giuliani was ever going to be an exception. I also think that what Trump was hoping Giuliani would do, and there were two things. One is that he wanted him as a big name, a big splash. You know, his whole thing was no one's ever heard of these other people, the Raskins, who are really the, the main new lawyers to mm-hmm. his team who are working on the case. So he wanted somebody who could make a, a, a headline. Um, and he also liked the fact that he thought Giuliani could go on TV he hoped, I think, to some extent that he could believe what Giuliani was saying about we can make this go away, we can get this done with quickly. It's just dragged it out and gotten worse, and Giuliani is getting a, a lot of attention, which the president really never likes somebody doing. Right. I mean, and Giuliani really started out in, when he was first named, giving those interviews, you know, saying, oh, you know, two weeks time frame that, that we'll get this kind of decided on, and talking about his personal relationship with Mueller, which... I can't imagine would go down well with Robert Mueller, the idea that he's influenced by a personal relationship. Right. I mean, I think it's one thing. It, it, there's been a lot of um, saying the inside part out loud, right? Like, we were well aware that uh, Ty Cobb, who uh, was working within the White House in the counsel's office, who has now left the team, he was said by several people to have a good relationship with Mueller. But you did not hear Ty Cobb really openly talk about that or float it around. Um, Cobb gave a couple of interviews, but nothing like what we've seen Giuliani do. Um, it, what Giuliani has done that has bothered a lot of people around the president is he has talked a lot about the conditions of an interview. This Mm -hmm. is an interview that most people on the president's legal team do not think he should be doing period. Um, and that the president, I'm told, despite the bravura about, you know, I'd love to Wanted go do to. this if my lawyers say it, is well aware of the danger. And so Giuliani has created this condition where, it's, um, you know, it's not clear whether Mueller will exercise the subpoena power that he has to try to compel the president to talk. Mm-hmm. Um, but he might almost feel like he has to based on what Giuliani has been pushing him toward. You had reported that the president was feeling, I can't remember if it was a month ago or... Or just an hour. I, really. I know, yeah. really, time Could is... I don't know if it doesn't exist like anymore. this for you, but it does, it doesn't seem to exist <laughs> for me anymore. Um, but that the, the president was feeling more confident in, in his ability to be president. Yeah, oh, that like, was months ago. <laughs> that he, that, that sort of, he, you know, he, he's got right. this. Yes. I'm wondering, these days, do you know, is he still feeling that? He is still feeling that. It's funny, it's funny that you mentioned that because I had someone close to him bring up that piece to me uh, in the last couple of days saying, you know, that was, that was correct. That is what is happening with him. He is more emboldened. He does feel as if he's got 
about this, which, as a, a colleague reminded me, is not dissimilar uh, for any uh, president entering their second year, but it's much more pronounced for Trump for a couple of reasons. Um, but at the same time, he is also very aware that there is a, a pending threat and that that threat has only gotten bigger in the form of the SDNY investigation into Michael Cohen. He is aware of it. He is worried about it. Um, you know, and, and, and he's not consumed, but it is always there. He, he had had a dinner with Michael Cohen at Mar-a-Lago mm-hmm. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I guess it was on a Saturday, if I remember. That's right. Uh, and there was the phone call to Michael Cohen, mm-hmm. which I believe was right after the raid. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do we know are there any more connections? My understanding is no. Um, I've heard from a couple of people that the president uh, asks people, you know, how is who, who know Michael Cohen? How is he holding up? How is he doing? Um, uh, you know, I, I have to imagine that that is said in part to get back to Cohen. I don't know of any other direct contact. But what's existed has been enough. Uh, and just in terms of, of you know, uh, the, the chief of staff, Kelly, the kind of feeling within the White House, is it uh, as... I mean, I guess with Giuliani out there sort of making gaff after gaff, that's got to have been a concern. I mean, it's frustrating. Look, you've seen the stories about how Trump is really frustrated. The reality is that, yes, Trump is frustrated by some of what Giuliani has said. It was predictable, if you looked at a lot of these interviews, that he was not going to like what some of what Giuliani said. But the staff is equally frustrated. It makes the staff's job much harder. It is basically having this sort of untethered, unresponsible surrogate just out mm-hmm. there, not coordinating with anyone, just answering his phone in the middle of dinners. Um, and that is, frankly, who's the other person we know who has done that over time? Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really need to Donald Trump's. And that is, I think, what they're concerned about. I think that Giuliani is having a lot of fun. I think that he is he is enjoying this. He's uh, having a lot of fun? I do think he is having fun, yeah. Because he, he's back in Yeah, in and I think that, yeah, and I think that this is, um, you know, this is, he's a former prosecutor, and I think that he's got a long legal resume, and I think that there is an aspect of this that is enjoyable for him. I think it is less enjoyable for everyone else. Oh, thank you, Abram. Thanks very much. Thank Appreciate you. it. Uh, much more ahead on tonight's breaking news about Michael Cohen and payments from a company linked to a Russian oligarch. We'll also get an update on that primary race uh, going on in four states, primary races, including West Virginia, uh, where uh, Don Blankenship, right there, the candidate, controversial candidate, says he's, either way he's a winner because pro- probation ends at midnight. He was in prison. And that's not the strangest thing that he said during this campaign. De- details ahead. It's not what I would like for the Republican Party to be, Evan, uh, much less so. Are you ready to learn how to build a better consulting or professional services company? Then download the Liston.io show for the best sales and marketing advice so you can deliver your services to the people who need you the most. On the show, I'll be interviewing the smartest people in the industry to share what they know about building a better consulting business. I'll also give you episodes where I tell you specifically how to sell your services with confidence and how to transform into an influential leader in your industry. Your happy clients probably want to help you. It's too hard for them right now. You're asking them to do too much of the selling that you should be doing. Yeah, it's going to move. It's going to change. It's going to disrupt you at some point in time. Your most loyal clients are your most profitable. Ready to learn how other people are building the consulting company you've always wanted? Download the Liston.io show spelled L-I-S-T-O-N dot I-O wherever you get your podcasts. Before you go, we wanted to let you know that we just launched the ability for anyone to advertise on CNN Podcasts. You're just a few clicks away from reaching millions of people in a way that you never have before. Advertise for a business event or kick off an awareness campaign for your brand. Start today at purewinning.com slash CNN. Integrating podcasts into your marketing mix has never been easier. Go to purewinning.com slash CNN to get started.